As you would guess, I suppose, one of the areas of ministry that Mary Ellen and I are often called upon to share are services that surround that time in one's life when the physical form is laid aside and they emerge once again into the non-physical dimension of their eternal self. If you were listening to that one preliminary sentence, you have heard a synopsis of the entire lesson, for without saying it, I spoke to the idea of re-embodiment, sometimes called reincarnation, and the fact that we are forever, but we need to examine this further. With few, if any, exceptions, probably everyone here this morning has had some type of contact with the passing of someone, be it an oblique one of attending a service for an individual who wasn't really a big player in their life, to a totally opposite scenario of someone very close to them who came to that point in their life when the physical form didn't work anymore. And it is totally different sitting in the back row where detachment is felt than it is sitting on the front row when emotions are on the raw edge. So let's talk about this process as your appointment with it is inevitable, be it another's passing or yours. My mic seems a little hot. Often Mary Ellen and I find it reluctant on the part of many to discuss this moment in their personal lives almost as if giving it any energy whatsoever will somehow hasten its appearance, which of course isn't true. But then what happens within this scenario is when the inevitable takes place is the one who is yet in physicality doesn't have a clue as to what if any are the specific wishes or whatever is of the person who has transitioned. And we'll get to some of these points in a moment this morning. The question that has been pondered for as long as humankind has walked upon the face of this earth are couched within the words, is there life after death? All the sages of literary and religious persuasions have addressed this subject in a whole variety of ways so that but a minimal amount of research on anyone's part would discover how wide the various thoughts are as this question is approached. Uh, is there life after death? Absolutely not. Or, most certainly, or, it depends if you believe. And parenthetically, that belief has to be the exact belief of the one who made that statement. To a whole variety of other answers that straddle the wide spectrum of thought. If asked the question, my response, as you would guess, I'm sure, is an obvious yes. Certainly there is not only life after what we yet persistently call death, but there is life preceding birth, which is an equally important part of the picture. How do I know? Well, it cannot be laboratorily and scientifically proven as such with any generally accepted instrumentation, but its proof is what to many is the total illogic behind the thinking that nothing came before your appearance and after your appearance is gone that there is nothing left of you. 
your life is, again, depending on who you listen to, either a quirky coming together of the building blocks of life as we know it to be today, that then but continue to evolve as they have from a single-celled whatever into the forms of life that populate our world, or if, as some would yet believe, Genesis is literally interpreted that an anthropomorphic God molded man out of clay and then breathed life into him, thus enabling eventually the biological process of procreation, the spark of animating life, but the outcome of the joining of the male and female together. So poof, one is here, and then poof, there is a physical form left, but no one is home. I would think that no one here this morning believes the nothingness crowd. But what do we base this upon? For some, the variety of human experience upon this planet is proof of something outside of just the joining of the contributions of a male and female, that there is something else that appears to inject into the process propensities for a wide variety of uniquenesses. Think of the variety of people that there are upon this planet. Even if we consider nothing more than just the diversity of personalities, there is something outside of just the mix of a couple of groupings of cells that would come together to begin the process of a physical form. There is another dimension of things. And this speaks to me and others, if not empirically based proof, at least a strong indication that not only will we continue after physical death, as we would call it, but existed as the uniqueness that we are prior to birth. Nature itself loudly sings its displays of continuity as seeds who have laid dormant for hundreds of years uh, in the pyramids, as an example, thousands of years again, spring forth when the conditions were suitable. A bacteria that lay dormant for 120,000 years in Greenland under two miles of ice, when slowly brought back to room temperature, began to repopulate its species. Seed-producing vegetation produces tens of thousands more than necessary to maintain its lineage. What about proof? Many speak of strong deja vu moments when a place or person is immediately more familiar than could be expected were there not something that might be called soul memory that is added to the mix. If these moments happen, and if you've had one or more, then you couldn't be dissuaded that it was something that was really impactful to you. It was for you a level of proof that you have been around before. So at least for you, it has answered the question of prior Earth experiences. And if prior, then why not post? Am I preaching to the choir? 
Whenever I speak at a memorial service, very few traditional funeral services where the body is present anymore, but more often than not a memorial service, meaning a cremation has taken place. I know that I usually speak to a very mixed group of people, at least almost always a mix of beliefs. But I nevertheless do what I do. I speak to my level of knowing and belief, and I let the chips fall. My father had what I can broadly categorize as psychic abilities, as did my mother's father. It should have been carried over to me, but not so. <laughs> and usually I think I am just as happy because it can be a large distraction as I have seen in others in their lives. For me, my level of certainty about the flow of life that expresses here and expressed here uh, in physicality, not only here but in all dimensions of non-physical as well, my level of certainty is one that never, ever, ever even bobs to the surface as doubt or question. For me, it is a given that I am a function of eternality and have been a part of this dance in one way, shape, form, or another forever. Let me amplify my words. I said I am a function of eternality. Note that I don't describe not only who I am, but who you are as a child of God, not even a son, not even a daughter of God. For these definitions take us just so far and need to be expanded. But it's in the Bible. Well, there are a lot of things in the Bible. And yet, at the most refined level that can be discovered, for remember, the Bible is not the literal word of God. But at the most refined level, let's remember that the writer or speaker could only speak or write to the level of consciousness of those who were listening. And child, then son, then daughter, was perhaps about as much of an analogy that they could have accepted. It is like very much today when you try to answer a question that hasn't been asked, it usually falls on deaf ears. But if a question is asked, then there is a connection that can be made. My words are a function of eternality. The word God is of itself a loaded term, isn't it? Such a wide variety of belief and definition have been has been bestowed upon that word so that whenever it is spoken, especially in a mixed group of people, it perhaps more than any other word is interpreted so very differently by perhaps each and every person who is within earshot. Uh, the Abraham material simply uses the concept of source energy in place of God, which introduces a very more neutral, hence not loaded attempt to to conceptualize what has been called God energy. Even child, son, and daughter give rise to the physical equivalent in our minds that we are used to, meaning people do what they do to beget children who are now separate from them and apart from one another, and so we do not have a continuity here in that imagery. 
So if you and I are functions of eternality, it means that we are an integral and connected part of something. And if we are this, a unique function that demonstrates its distinctiveness through personality and in so many other ways, we must be what eternity is. We are forever, always have been, and always shall be. So the title of today's lesson, as you already know, was very deceptive. And if there were these steps that you could take to ensure that you were part of the eternalness of eternity, they would simply lead you inexorably to the understanding that the contrary would really hold true, that you cannot exit out of it, that you are a part of the foreverness, always have been, always will be. This then brings us to other points of understanding. If we are functions of source energy, then we are a unique individualization of the energy having extended a portion of ourselves into physical form, into physicality. So in our journey throughout eternity, truly we can never get it wrong because we never get it done. We are eternal. And furthermore, all the nonsensical talk about hell, about purgatory, and they even get more sophisticated about the second death, the resurrection on the last day, stories told about a future heaven, more. They are bogus because that which is truly you would never turn upon its own self. As a function of God or source energy, from your higher perspective, which is something we almost always lose sight of when we get involved within the human process and its vicissitudes, yet from our higher perspective, we know that we are doing exactly what we, so to speak, signed on to do. To do what? As source God energy, to extend this portion of our uniqueness into physical form, wherein to use the power of thought upon which the law of attraction, the law of consciousness would work, and to therefore participate within the creative dance that is eternal. And it really isn't damaging that we generally lose sight of this higher level of our reality as through our dreams of what we want to do, be, and have, we use the physical realm which we are doing right now within which to explore, within which to make choices, within which to concentrate hopefully on what we want, not what we don't want, and once we transition again into the non-physical part of our eternality, we unite fully with only the understanding of the who, the what, and the God self that we are. Why? Because no matter where you make the choice to walk on this leading edge of a creative experience, no matter where you plop yourself into the experience of birth and, uh, and physicality, you are always you, the God self, the source energy self of which the you that is presently in human form is a function. And when you transition and you no longer have physical focus, guess what? 
you now only have the greater God-self focus, and all is well. So why are you here? Why did you make the choice to again express through a physical form and experience all the many things and contrasts that make up this particular dimension? You know, synonyms for the word death that we continue to want to use all have eternal implications akin to nothingness, and of course, that is an impossibility. So not only are you going to embrace eternal foreverness, you can never die. All you will ever do is emerge into pure positive knowing and total and full awareness, which is but another name for your God reality in truth who you are. Abraham further tells us that this awakening into this level of non-physicality, in other words, when someone makes the transition, it can be pretty monumental for those whose stream of spiritual thought hasn't been too dramatic, to an almost oh-hum for those who are pretty well tuned in, tapped in, turned on to the flow of energy through them. We are told that we take nothing with us that will have to be fixed in a future time. And that whenever we have done something perhaps questionable, anyone here who has maybe done that? Or even judged by society as worse, it was only an interchange between us and those who vibrationally made the choice to dance with us in that particular arena. Hence, <clears throat> no one can ever get it wrong because we all never get it done. We cannot die. We are eternal. So again, why are we here? Why did we make the choice to again enter into physical experience? Well, speaking of arenas, uh, apparently at least for this dimension of what must be an unlimited variety of dimensions, this is the arena where all the action is and where as functions of God's source energy we join with everyone in the eternal dance of co-creation. And this dance of creation is based on what we want to do, be and have. And then when we think of adding to it, adding to this dance, a co-creative experience that takes place whenever two or more interact, things are moving rather rapidly, more than any other time upon this planet. I spoke to this a couple weeks ago. Because of the more rapid movement of energy, the state of consciousness that individuals have embraced is being magnified. And it appears that the sick are sicker and the well are weller, the financially challenged are, are more so and, and the wealthy are wealthier. As we made the choice to again enter into physical experience, we, we knew that there would be a probable chance for a while that we would lose sight of the larger picture of the part in the world we are playing of the expanding universe. But we knew that the ride would far outshine any temporary lapse of memory. And after we transition back into the non-physical, we apparently just can't wait to get back here where all the action is again. You are a function of eternity. 
always have been, and always will be, and always expressing through whatever the leading edge of creative extension, expansion might be. Through the miracle of human procreation, it seems something akin to a miracle, doesn't it? We made the choice to bring an energy of eagerness and that at some point within a cosmically relatively short trip into physicality to withdraw energy from the body and reemerge into pure positive knowing the event that humankind so erroneously yet insists upon calling death. In this subject area, the question I am then usually asked is concerning suicide. All, and I'm going to use the term again in this instance, but you know it's bogus, all death is a suicide. Some just more dramatic than others. Is it as churchianity has called it, a sin? Of course not. Just a decision to move into the next opportunity where we regroup within a total focus of love, of knowing, of peace, and then to hit the ground running again. However, and hear my words, the more dramatic version is usually never a kind thing to do from the perspective of family and friends and then usually they are left with all kinds of questions, perceived guilts, uh, even angers. But would I ever place an adverse judgment on someone who, as it were, takes themselves out when circumstances seem unbearable? Of course not. So as a function of pure source energy, you live forever. You can never die because death is a total misnomer. You transition into non-physical, or I appreciate this because they attempt to, 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 to be as disrespectful as they can possibly be because there isn't any death. Abraham calls it croaking. So when you croak, all the processes rolled into one. Remember two things. You are never ever in a place where you have to prove yourself to anything or anyone. For as a function of pure God source energy, you are as worthy as anyone can be. And in your process, you can never get it wrong because you never get it done. If you have a partner in life, talk about this event together. Consider prearrangement with a mortuary because it makes it so much easier for the one still in physical form. Dollar figures are floating around by insurance companies and they talk about literally 10,000 plus dollars or more. Me, what a waste of money. Through a mortuary here in Tucson called the Desert Rose that we've had business dealings with, you can come close to an $800 service for cremation. And with the scattering of the ashes, there is no cemetery cost whatsoever. You are eternal. You don't have to earn it, for in a very real sense, you bestowed it upon yourself. And in your onward journey, all is well.